Thank you for joining our broadcast today at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry to change your life. So please take a moment to send us your story at info at citylifechurch.cc. And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us to bring God's word to other people. You can go to our website at citylifechurch.cc to find the giving options that work best for you. We've got an encouraging word for you, and we pray that you lean in and engage as we head into the auditorium for today's message. Man, three months. Anybody, anybody get the anxiety of just being pent up for three months? If you're like me, I mean, I, sometimes I just had to get in the car and drive. I didn't have anywhere to go. I just had to go somewhere, you know. I didn't have a place. I just had to go somewhere, you know. And, um, I, you know, being around the house has been good. But you know, it's been just three months. We've got a dog in this three months. I don't know what we were thinking. And uh, we got a new puppy named Macy. And when, when I bought May. the puppy, the girl said, we'll walk her. How many of you know who's walking her? Yeah, most of the time. And uh, disciplines her. Yeah. Somebody has to walk and somebody has to discipline. Right. You know, uh, <laughs> I like to give the treats. And, uh, right? But it, it's been good. You know, I, I've learned how to navigate the grocery store. Anybody had to l- learn how to navigate through the grocery store? They got now arrows. And if you go down the aisle the wrong way, I'm, you will get death looks. There was about an 80-year-old woman the other day that gave me the death stare because I was going down the wrong way. I'm like, I'm turning my buggy around right now. I'm sorry. Put the she was going to throw a can of corn at me. I said, put the corn down. And uh, you know, it's, it's been a crazy season. But I've also learned a lot this season. And it's been amazing how the Holy Spirit has just spoken in this season. And, you know, uh, I thought it might be fun just to share a few of my like a page of my journal entries from this time. I called this time Quarantineville just because it kind of seemed like it was just a place I was visiting, but it wouldn't be forever. That's what I had to do just to just to kind of help my mental capacity. Anybody else feel that with me? So listen, um, I learned that in Quarantineville, this is only an excerpt, not everything, but I can cook everybody. Like I didn't realize that. Isn't that awesome? And crock pots are amazing. They're so cool. Like you just throw that chicken in there. It can be frozen and then you just come back in a few hours she's a good cook i've gained like eight pounds during quarantine so it's really amazing i love it i also learned that silence and solitude is amazing for your soul i also learned neighbors are really nice we have never had an opportunity to see our neighbors but like you know every day at about five or six we would kind of go out after dinner and just do a little walk through the neighborhood and it was so nice to meet friends and like we have people now in our neighborhood that we can talk to it's really great anybody else know that did you meet some people like in during this quarantine yeah um quality time with your children is the absolute best my bailey grace and hadley hope we have made some amazing memories during this time i'm thankful for sunny days and blue skies it has been incredible just to, when you feel like you're in lockdown just to go outside and just look at the beautiful florida skies um that has been incredible jesus in our homes like never before wow i mean to tell you jesus in our homes like never before you know i thought that was really cool i think the enemy thought that he was gonna silence the church but he just opened one in every house yeah. And on every iPhone and on every iPad and on every computer. And it's amazing to hear the testimony how families have worshipped. It has been absolutely beautiful to see the body of Christ alive and well. Um, Real relationships are really precious. And I've learned to love 
my circle hard. In, in other words, the circle of friendships and influences that I have to love them hard. And smaller is okay. Smaller is okay. I've learned that in this season. Rest is required. In the stillness, he speaks. People are absolutely beautiful. Zoom life is not the best life. I'm just going to let y'all know because we need to see people, right? Like, it's just, it makes such a difference to be able to see your faces and to hear your worship and to, to feel your love for Jesus. It has been amazing just today. But Zoom life, I'm not, I'm not with that. Are you? No. Um, hugs are absolutely necessary. I know we can't do it quite yet, but I'm looking forward to the day when I can hug some folk. And this is an incredibly important one, very, very serious, so just brace yourself. Not all toilet paper is created equal. I, I found some Charmin at Target the other day. We were at Target, I said, okay, Charmin, extra fluffy. And I'm going to let y'all know I hugged that thing like it was my mama. I was so excited. I was like, Charmin, thank you. Yeah, Charmin is an essential. It's an absolute essential. I'm, yes, y'all laughing, but you know it's true. You just don't want to admit it. Listen, your voice can be found in the silence and in the stillness. There are things that have been unlocked in my spirit in lockdown, and I know it's been that way for many of you. There are things that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you and unlocking, even in a situation of lockdown. And one last thing, I think moms are absolutely rad. Moms are amazing. Come on, I want all the dads in the room, all the dads in the room to just give a big shout out to all the mamas. And we love you too, dads. It's just I have the mic in my hand, and I appreciate and love you too, but I'm just going to let you know that those mamas are something else. It has been amazing to see how many families have, in a moment, transition work to home, school to home, and everything has just kept moving. And uh, I applaud all of those that have kids that uh, just had to transition to homeschool overnight while maintaining a job, and many of you are working from home. And I'm telling you, we have staff that have young kids. I would call them during the week, and it was like, I could hear all the kids, and I thought, thank you, Lord, mine are 13 and 16, and, uh, and you know, they have babies in the background going on, and, uh, but I just, for all of those that had to deal with that, and, you know, we came into today because knowing that we haven't met in three months, we just didn't want, I could get up and preach like I always do, or you could speak or somebody else, but we wanted to just talk today and just come together and share, I mean, three months of this, and there's some great things we've talked about, some funny things, but there's also been the heaviness of this season. You know, the amazing thing is, as we walk through this season, every day we would pray for you and pray that God would guard this house. And we've had very few cases of COVID-19 in City Life Church. And when you have thousands of members that attend a body, we've had a few that have had um, relatives that have been distant. Uh, we had one of our staff members, father in New York, was hospitalized, put on a ventilator. We begin to pray older gentlemen, but God brought him through that, brought him out. He's good today. Uh, pastor in New York. And uh, there's a heaviness. But, but yet just been the heaviness of fighting a virus. It's not just been a physical battle. There's been an emotional battle that's been taking tolls on people. If you've looked at any of the statistics, uh, suicide is 
at an all-time high right now. Depression is gripping people's heart. There is this mental battle that's been going on, but there's also a spiritual battle. There are believers now that are gripped with fear, and there are people that have been paralyzed by this moment. And our prayer is for this, that the heaviness of this moment would not weigh you down to a point that you lose sight of what God is doing in your life. Because I find that this God that we serve, he says, I use all things, whether it was God's sin, whether it was devil's sin. He said, I'm going to filter it through my grace, and I always have the final word. Why? Because you love me, and you're called according to my purpose. And if you understood the purpose I have for your life, and the plan I've declared for your life, it's so much greater than the moment. COVID-19 cannot stop it. The heaviness of this moment and then just about the time we were walking out and transitioning out, not to say we're done with COVID-19, but we saw some light at the end of the tunnel and we began to enter back into businesses and restaurants and uh, all the things that we would normally do, going to the gym and all of those things. A deep wound was uh, unleashed that has been laying under a surface for, for hundreds of years in our country. And, you know, just about the time with all of this pent-up stress and these moments that we were walking through, we find that we had to begin to deal with these things that were laying under the surface. From Ahmaud Aubrey to now we see the video of George Floyd, um, which gripped all of our hearts. And I'm telling you, if you watch that video and were not moved, they're, they're, I just pray for your heart because I, I could not watch that video and not be moved. And I don't know what it's like for people to look at me different because of the color of my skin. And if you've had that done to you or you have to live with it, I am sorry. That's not the heart of this house. You look around this house every Sunday and we are a kingdom house. We have many nations that worship together. But let me say this. We were able yesterday to walk with hundreds and hundreds of believers. And Pastor Tommy and Crossover were so gracious to organize a march in the same streets that one week ago buildings were being burnt down and riots were taking place from a peaceful protest to a riotous crowd that erupted. Now listen to me. I want everyone to be able to express their voice in a peaceful manner. That's just who we are as Americans. But we do not condone violence. We do not condone a destroying of people's property and hurting individuals. And, uh, you know, every police officer that serves, most police officers are great people. And a few people that have served in hardness and hurt people. And what we saw happen last week uh, with George Floyd. Hopefully those people will be brought to full justice. They've been arrested. But there are many great police officers. And I stopped every police officer as we walked with hundreds of believers and, and um, uh, so many great pastors. Tony Dungy came out and we walked to University Mall and we prayed over that area as the body of Christ. And I stopped every police officer, white police officers, black police officers, Asian police officers. And I said, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for your mind. I'm praying for your heart. I'm praying for protection over you. I'm praying as you serve our city. And we've had to deal with this, this, this unveiling once again of this sin called racism. Make no mistake, racism is sin. Don't, don't ask me. Don't ask the political pundit. Don't ask a political figure. What does the Bible say about racism? The Bible simply says this. As we begin to chart our course through racism, 
it plainly lays out um, for us that racism is a sin. First of all, racism is pure evil. It's pure evil. Racism is pure self-righteousness. Racism violates the Great Commission. When Jesus told the disciples to go, he said, I want you to go to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. Now, if you remember back when Jesus had to stop at a well in Samaria, the disciples didn't want to go because they did not like the Samaritans. They felt that they were beneath them. And Jesus said, when you go, go to all people. The Great Commission is not optional. Racism violates the Great Commission. Racism violates the Great Commandment. Jesus said it's not only to love God, but love your neighbor as yourself. Racism questions God's creation. Racism questions God's creation. Because the person that you would look at with hate in your eyes is a creation that God has designed fearfully and wonderfully. Racism questions God's plan, God's purpose. But at the end of it all, racism questions God, who he is, the divine author of life, the hope for humanity. And as we charted our course through this and navigated through these difficult moments from COVID-19, then walking the last few weeks with brothers and sisters and family through this heavy time, not only in our city, but in our world. We pray that the grace of the kingdom and that the word of God would be our guiding stones as we took steps to a place of freedom and a place of healing. You know, Casey was reading the other day, and she found a great scripture uh, where Paul was writing. How does the church respond in this moment? How do we respond? Paul was writing the church, and the people were upset. They were in a time, a tumultuous time. They were, um, Paul is, is questioning uh, the sin in their life. He's questioning um, even their uh, where they have been, where, where they have been, the fact that they say they believe this, but yet they're operating in a different manner. He questions their intentions. I want you to follow along with me in Scripture. Paul says, I know I distressed you greatly with my letter. Although I felt awful at the time, I don't feel bad at all now that I see how it turned out. The letter upset you, but only for a while. Now I'm glad. Not that you were upset, but that you were jarred into turning things around. You let the distress bring you to God, not drive you away from him. The result was all gain, no loss. Distress that drives us to God does that. It turns us around. It gets us back in the way of salvation. We never regret that kind of pain. But those who let distress drive them away from God are full of regrets, and they end up in a deathbed of regrets. And now, isn't it wonderful all the ways in which this distress has goaded us closer to God? You're more alive, more concerned, more sensitive, more reverent, more human, more passionate, and more responsible. Looked at from any angle, you've come out of this with purity of heart. 
And that is what I was hoping for in the very first place when I wrote the letter. My primary concern was not for the one who did the wrong or even the one wronged, but for you, that you would realize and act upon the deep, deep ties between us before God. That's what happened. And we felt just great. Now, would you focus for just a moment on that, on that passage? It says you have become from all of this that you have walked through, from everything that you have been through church. Let me tell you what you have come through. You're more alive you're more concerned, you're more sensitive, you're more reverent, you're more human, you're more passionate, and you're more responsible. Can, that, can you identify with that in this room today from what you've been through from COVID-19 to what we're facing as a country with racism? God, open our eyes and may the scales fall off of us so that we can see and that we can become more human, that we can treat and honor our brother and our sister with dignity. I also love what it says right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Once again, how does the church respond? Listen to this. The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we we don't. If one part hurts, every part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into exuberance. That's what yesterday was with Pastor Tommy. That wasn't our church, but we joined with the body of Christ in exuberance to see, to see unity, to see our city come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We rejoice with our brother and with our sister, but we also mourn with those who are grieving in this moment, and we refuse to turn away. We refuse to turn away in this moment, but we look with you and we weep with you and we pray with you and we will rejoice with you when racism is lifted off of this country in Jesus name. In Jesus name. In Jesus' name, let it be so, God. Let it be so, God. In the city of Tampa Bay, make us a model of that unity, God. Make us a model of that unity, God. So be it in Jesus' name. More love, more unity, more of the spirit of the living God filling this city and the streets of this city. We refuse to be complacent. We refuse to be status quo. We will listen to your voice and we will love. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. You know, Paul said, when I wrote this letter, it was tough. It found you in a place where you were apathetic. You were heavy. And I even had a hard time writing it. What if the last season was all about the Father writing us a letter? As the people of God. I don't know about you, but in quarantine, he's reminded me of some first loves in my life. Reminded me of the importance of this book right here. Reminded me of the importance of relying on his voice. Because there's a lot of voices out there. Paul said, when I wrote this, it was tough to even write. But now I'm so glad I did. You're more alive than you've ever been. You're more concerned. Just what if the last season was all about the Holy Spirit 
writing us a letter. You know, we had so many that have said, Pastor, in this time, God has spoken to my heart. And there's been so many things he's done with us and in us. This has been a real self-examining season for me. How am I hearing? How am I seeing? Not just with my worldview, but my personal view of who I am. Do I reflect what this book says? And Casey had some things that we, when we talked the other day, she said, you know, these are two things that the Holy Spirit had just been impressing on me. It was so good. And you should share those real quickly. Just two questions that I feel the Holy Spirit has been asking me that I feel like we should consider today. Maybe you can take some time today or maybe this week or in the weeks to come. But number one, what have you let go of that you don't want to bring back? In other words, what in this season, in the three months that we have been separated from one another and you've been in lockdown, what is it that the Holy Spirit has asked you to lay down? And what is it that you don't want to bring back for the new thing that God is doing in you? Number two, what have you found in this season that you want to keep, that you absolutely can't live without, that it's something that Maybe it was time with him. Maybe it was the stillness with him. Maybe it was the time with your family. Maybe it was even something silly like cooking for your family. That's not silly, but it's meaningful. What is it? Ask yourself those things because we cannot walk back into this next season the same way that we were three months ago. There's so much more that God has. There's so much more that God has for you. There's so much more that he has for us as a people, as the church of the living God. We must ask ourselves these questions and write them down and live them out. You know, one of the scriptures that has just been stirring in me for the last few days. And uh, I just felt the Holy Spirit stirring it in me while I was walking the dog. Waiting on the dog. It was Isaiah 43, 19. God speaking to the people of God in a tough time. Where their song was gone. And their future was very dim in their own sight. And this is what God said. For I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. I have already begun. Then he said this. Do you see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. And I will create rivers in dry wasteland. I'm going to give you roads to where you've never been. I'm going to allow you to explore wilderness and places you've only dreamed about going. And I'm going to send waters of refreshing that produce a harvest in dry places. Can you not see it? It's already started. And it was as the Holy Spirit said, Tony, I've already started. Look, listen. Oh, none of this caught me off guard. Jesus was entering the city. And the Bible said he was getting ready to pick up a cross and die a death. 
And the Bible said he would defeat death. He would conquer the grave. And the Bible said as he entered the city, he made a stop as he arrived. And he got to the house of God. The place of worship. The place where sacrifice was offered and the presence of God was met. And the Bible said when he walked in, he did something. He turned over tables and he drove out money changers. We have to understand those people had been there for generations. Most of those businesses were generational businesses. It wasn't that they were there. It was the spirit in which they were operating. And he flipped the tables over and he drove them out. But watch. After he does this, the Bible said Jesus sits down and begins to teach. And then miracles started happening. He will never flip the tables of your life over without teaching you something in those moments. He will never flip the tables of your life or rearrange the furniture of your life without not teaching you and setting you up for a supernatural encounter. And he said, before I go to the cross, let me get my house in order. Before I conquer the grave, let me get my father's house in order because this place has been called to be a house of prayer. This place has been called to be a portal of my presence. But it's all messed up. It's all, I'm going to empty the grave and conquer death and strip authority from hell. I need the church to be right. Could it be that he's just turned some tables over so he could teach us some stuff? Could it be that he's just bringing some things in order in our life and in the house of God and with the people of God so that he could mark us once again for his glory so he could rip back the heavens and release what he has for in this season? Can you not see it? I've already started. I'm doing something new. I'm about to bulldoze a road to places you've never been. I'm about to send waters to places that need refreshing. I'm going to send revival. Oh, I don't believe we're in survival mode. I believe we've just stepped into revival mode. I believe we just stepped into a season where God is saying, I'm ready, are you? I'm ready to pour out my spirit. I'm ready to take you to where you've never been. Thank you again for joining us for today's broadcast. Our prayer is that it ministered to you and it changed your life. If there's anything we can pray with you about or God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, please send us an email to info at citylifechurch.cc. We want to invite you to be our guest at one of our Sunday or Wednesday worship experiences. And you can find our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc. You can also download our City Life Church app on your smartphones or tablets for more online messages. It was great having you with us today, and we'll see you next time.